0: Welcome to the Fertility Stories Podcast. This is your host, Mary Sodden, naturopath and fertility coach. I help women go from frustrated, overwhelmed, and isolated to calm, confident, and in control of their fertility. I'm passionate about helping women get pregnant and stay pregnant. Each week, I have a real and empowering conversation with everyday women and men struggling with fertility to bring you hope, comfort, and support. This is our story. Welcome to the Fertility Stories Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you so thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you so much for being here, Quashonda. Can you Absolutely. tell us more? Can you tell yes, us about um, yourself?
1: Sure. My name is Quashonda. Um, I was born and raised in North Carolina. Um, I am married uh, to my high school sweetheart, and we have an eight-month-old baby.
0: Mm, wonderful. Can you tell us more about your fertility journey?
1: Absolutely. Sure. So um, I got married young, um, right at the start of my college years in 2002. And um, we were, you know, young. My husband is like three years older than me, but we were just like fresh in college. We weren't thinking about like starting a family right away because we had like family goals and individual goals that we wanted to meet. So we thought maybe five or six years we would start trying to have a baby. So I would say around 2004, um, which was not six six years later, you know, just seeing your peers having babies and people in your family and then folks are like asking us, when are y'all going to have children? So I kind of got baby fever. And um, so in 2004, I said, well, let me just get off birth control and just see what happens. Well, as soon as I got off birth control, I noticed that I was having like crazy cycles. Like I was having a lot of spotting. My periods were just irregular. Like it was just weird. My body had never done that before. So I went to just my local doctor because I lived in like a small country town. So we didn't have like an OBGYN. So I went to like a small, just my small family doctor and she told me she said you have a hormone imbalance and in order to fix that you're going to have to get back on birth control pills so I just took that as a sign to just stick to the plan we had originally in our marriage and I said okay maybe this is just not time for us to have children so I did get back on birth control pills um, and in 2006 we ended up moving to a, a larger city um, and we were just getting used to the move starting a new job so um, I did find an OBGYN office just to get my yearly checkups and things once we moved and um, when I visited her she asked me about my family planning and I told her just history of what happened when I got our birth control pills and so she told me the same exact thing you have a hormonal hormonal imbalance Um, and she was saying something about birth control and she said when you're probably not ovulating and all of that. She said, so when you're ready to start your family, you know, I can start you on fertility drugs and all those things. And I thought, there's no way I'm taking fertility drugs. Like, I'm not going to need any of that. So I just brushed her off. Um, And so I just stayed on birth control pills. And then around 2008, um, we decided we wanted to just go ahead and start. Got our birth control pills again. Same stuff happened. So I said, okay, well, maybe I do need some help. So visited her again. um, And she, um, prescribe me clomit um and in the midst of all of this i'm a person that research things like i'm an advocate for myself like if you tell me something is going on with me i'm gonna in google is it the healthiest thing but i'm always gonna like research on my own so just based on what she was telling me i ran across pcos mm-hmm. and so i went back to her office and i asked her is this what i have and she's like possibly so they did some tests and i was definitely diagnosed with pcos so she started me on Clomid, and I took Clomid between uh, 2008 to 2010. Um, I took a lot of cycles of Clomid. I did not keep up with how many I took, but they all failed. Um, the last drug she tried me on was something called tamoxifen. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the pharmacy parking lot, like having a meltdown after reading the side effects. It just scared me to death. And so I called her and she said, you're fine. You're only going to be on it for a short period of time where well, it did nothing. It, it, it didn't cause any reaction in my ovaries, like nothing happened. And so at this point I was a little frustrated with my doctor because I said, I felt like she was experimenting on me um, because I had a friend at the time who was going to a fertility specialist. And every time I talked to her, she had all these things that they were doing. And I said, well, my doctor isn't doing that. So she said, I'm telling you, you need to go to a fertility specialist. So, I finally got fed up at my OBGYN office, and I said, well, I'm just going to go um, to a fertility specialist. So I went to the office and tried to get my documents so I can transfer to a specialist to get my um, consultation and everything. So we ended up switching to a fertility clinic. Um, when I was with my OBGYN, we did do a semen analysis for my husband. Everything was fine. Um, they did an HSG test for me where they you know put the dye in your uterus, and it bleeds through your tubes. Yeah. Um, And they she said that my right tube looked like it was something wrong. Maybe it was blocked. Something was going on with it. Um, So when I went to my fertility specialist, um, they did the same thing. They did another HSG and the results came back the same. Um, So my doctor told me, um, you know, that we could still just try fertility treatments to see what happens. So um, at the fertility clinic, I started off taking Follistim. With, um, that's an injection that you put in your stomach that causes follicles to grow in your ovaries. So I took that um, and they wanted me to like have sex, timed intercourse in a certain period of time around whatever cycle day. So I did that three times from 2010 to 2014 and all three of those cycles had failed. Um, It was just weird because my follicles were sized appropriately. My lining was perfect. My husband's semen was perfect. They just did not know what was going on. So they diagnosed us with unexplained infertility. Um, In the process of all of this, um, I started... requesting for my thyroid to be checked, my thyroid um, levels, because it runs in my family. And I just like Mm -hmm. to stay on top of things. So I kept requesting that. And um, this year, I think it was maybe in 2012 or 13, I realized I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease. And that's a thyroid condition, Um, I have Mm -hmm. to take medicine. But that can also affect your fertility. Um, And if the levels are not right, you know, if you get pregnant, you can miscarry. So I had that specialist that I was going to on top of a a fertility specialist trying to make sure that my levels were right and all this stuff. So um, after the three failed cycles of follow STEM, uh, my doctor mentioned something about an IUI. And I thought, well, let's just I don't want to do an IUI. I just didn't feel like it would work. Um, So we went straight to IVF in 2015. We did a fresh cycle of IVF. Um, the cycle was perfect. Uh, I had 26 eggs retrieved. I think there were 13 that were fertilized and we we ended Mm -hmm. up having 10 that made it in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. so, um, July of 2015, I did my fresh, my first fresh cycle of IVF, um, transferred two embryos. I was so like hopeful. I was just like very, my faith was so strong. Like we knew that this would work for us and it Mm -hmm. failed. And so after it failed, you know, my doctor, when I went back for the follow up consultation, he was just like, you know, it takes time. It takes like two or three tries for some folks. So, you know, he said, you're blessed to have so many frozen embryos. So I think I had maybe 10 at the time that were frozen. I can't remember mm-hmm. my my um, numbers may be a little off, but I did have a lot that were frozen and they seem to be good quality embryos. So mm-hmm. um November of 2015. Uh, we did a frozen egg transfer. Once again, we transferred to uh, embryos and that cycle failed as well. So at this point, I was just like, okay, I was just devastated. I almost slipped into depression. I had just a lot going on mentally because I just started to feel like, you know, IVF is it. And if that does not work for me, I'm not going to ever get pregnant. So in 2016, um, I finished my master's degree, got my dream job. I was just having a really good year. And I said, I do not want IVF to interfere with all the positive things I have going on this year. So we decided not to try um, in the year 2016. So in Mm -hmm. 2017, we went back in August of 2017 and did our third frozen egg transfer. um, And that one failed too. So Mm -hmm. after that one failed, I just, I was frustrated again with my doctor. Loved him. I love my doctor. He was amazing, but he could not give me any answers he was just like I know what's gonna happen I just can't tell you when and it just wasn't enough for me because we were sacrificing so much financially that I just needed more answers than just oh it's gonna work one day um even though I love the the, uh, the clinic I felt like they may have treated me a little different because I was younger um they may have mm-hmm. thought that I had a lot of time so they didn't really work as hard on me I felt like so anyways As of the fail cycle um, in 2017, I told my husband, I said, I just feel like we need to try another fertility clinic. We've been at this clinic for so long. Let's just see if we can get a second opinion. So that's what we did. We went to another fertility clinic. It was probably like 20 minutes away from this clinic. Um, Their IVF was a lot cheaper and their success rates were really high. Um, And the Mm -hmm. doctor that was like the main doctor there, he had the worst reviews online. He was... Just reading about him made me so intimidated. And so I said, well, we'll just try. So we went there and we met him, loved him. Um, And he was just like, we're going to get to the bottom of what's going on. Um, So he said, I'm going to do all these tests on you. I want to run these tests on you before we just automatically start transferring embryos. We need to figure out what's going on. So um, we ended up transferring our embryos um, to that clinic, which my husband, went and picked them up from one clinic, they were in this cute little... Um, I don't know what it's called, but he transferred them from one place to the other. And so we went, um, possibly it may have been July or August of 2018. And I did, he wanted to do like another tube check. So this time he didn't do the HSG. He didn't do the one with the dye. He did something, I think, with saline. Um, and Mm -hmm. he was just, he had me on the table and he was just, you know, checking me and uh, he said... I, it's nothing wrong with either of your tubes. The um the saline flushed right through both of them. Like nothing is wrong with either of them. And it was really strange um, because I had had two tests prior to that from two different doctors and I had the same results. So when I got up from the table and we were walking to the car, I was telling my husband, I said, I feel like if my tubes aren't blocked, I, I feel like I can get pregnant. Because my husband had always told me all along, I feel like this is going to just miraculously, miraculously happen for us, like without IVF. And so I said, well, let me just, just look up like natural supplements, natural things that I could do to get pregnant. So I had ran across Pregnitude, um, which my OBGYN had told me about two years ago. Um, I had purchased it, used it for like a week and just didn't deal with it anymore. So this time um, I had like this benefits card at work where I could like purchase certain stuff. And I had, um, the money was running out by a certain date. So I said, well, let me just go and buy like three boxes of this Pregnitude. So I started taking Pregnitude October of 2018. Um, and after the first box, I had a period, which was shocking because I either had to like take Provera or get on birth control to have like a regular cycle. And so my cycle started um, at the end of the first box. So it encouraged me, of course, to keep going. So November, I took another full box, period came on again. Um, so I said, well, let me just download an ovulation tracker app on my phone and let's just see. I said I really want cuz the the pregnitude is like a supplement. It has like myo and folic acid. Mm-hmm. And you just pour it into a glass of water and you take it in the morning and I think at night. You take it twice a day. And so I, it's supposed to help with your egg quality. It's supposed to help you have a cycle and help you get pregnant. Ovulate And so I said, well, since it's supposed to help me ovulate, let me see if it's really going to work. So I just downloaded an ovulation tracker and I was going to get like the ovulation kits and stuff, but I didn't just, I didn't get that deep into it. So with my December um, cycle, I downloaded everything. No, in November, I downloaded it. And so around the time that it was telling me that I was supposed to ovulate, I did feel like the ovulation stuff, like something was going on and I knew it was ovulation pains just based on past fertility drugs that I had taken that after I took it to ovulate, I knew what the pain felt like. So I told my husband, I said, well, say we're supposed to ovulate around this time. So I said, let's just see what happens. So, you know, we had sex around the time it told us to, and I didn't think anything else of it. I mean, I had been on it for three months, just, you know, brushed it off. And um, I was at the gym one day uh, working out and my boobs were in ext- like severe pain. And before then, like two days before that, I felt a little bit of dizziness, but I had always had negative pregnancy tests in all the 10 years that we had tried. So my husband kept saying, take a test, take a test. And I'm just like, I'm not going to go out and spend $10 and $12 on a test. I'm just going to get like the cheap 99 cent one because I know it's going to be negative. So I was in the bathroom, took it, put it on the counter, paid it no mind, and just happened to stand up and look at it. And it was positive. And I almost fainted. I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. I picked up the test and I looked at the box and I had always had negative tests. You would think I knew what a positive test was. So (laughs) I ran in to my husband and was telling him and he was looking like a deer in headlights because I couldn't really get it out. I was so excited. And so we hugged and I cried. And then I was like, wait a minute. That is a 99 cent test. It could be outdated. Something could be wrong with it. I was like, let's just go get a digital test. So and got a digital test um, and we recorded the results and I was pregnant and um, my pregnancy went well um, and I, I, we ended up with our miracle baby. And I just, I, I never thought that it would happen for me. Um, at some point, I just felt like after everything kept failing and nobody could give me answers, I just started to have towards the end of my journey I just, I'm a, I'm a really, I am a very religious person. I believe in God and, you know, I believe in a higher power. And so I just prayed and I said, Lord, if this is not meant for me, like, if you're not going to make me a mom, if it's not meant for me to have children, like, just give me peace, like to move on with my life because it was just so heavy all the time. So right before I got pregnant, I really had like a really calm spirit, a really calm peace about if it work out, it does. If it don't, it don't. You know either way maybe i can adopt a baby in a couple of years like i just was starting to have peace with it and i popped up pregnant out of the blue so in all of that you know i had a lot of friendships through the years that failed um i had a lot of people that i ran into that you know were a blessing to me because they had overcome infertility so at the end of my journey, I knew that I wanted to tell my story. I knew that I wanted to be hope and encouragement for the trying to conceive community. So I created a YouTube page earlier this year uh, to share my journey. I have like two or three videos where I talk about my IVF experience and just what, you know, how I got pregnant and everything. And then I knew that I wanted to interview other women who had success stories or who just wanted to break their silence about this painful infertility journey. So I created a podcast similar to what you are doing, and I interview women um and allow them to come on and share their infertility stories uh to be encouragement to others so that's just basically my story um I'm just blessed to be a mom, and I am just praying for every woman out there who has that same heart
0: wow wow wow, wow, that's amazing,
1: yeah,
0: I have a few comments on that wonderful story of yours. You are an amazing advocate for yourself. Number one, you mm-hmm. you consistently persisted to ask the doctors for more and more and more testing just mm-hmm. to get to the bottom and root of what is going on. And number two, with the pregnancy, that is so interesting that mm-hmm. you got pregnant after you took that. Mm-hmm. And that is so interesting because... When I see patients um, naturopathically with PCOS, one of the supplements that I do um, prescribe for them is myo inositol, which is in the pregnancy, and mm-hmm. it works so well for women with PCOS who are also undergoing fertility issues. So I definitely think that taking that supplement really helped, mm-hmm. and obviously it did because you got your miracle baby, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I have a question in the 10 years that you were trying to conceive with your husband, was there ever a point where when you got invited to baby showers or you saw like Facebook announcements of pregnancy announcements or, 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 you know, baby announcements, did it ever like make you feel uh, sad or depressed or hopeless?
1: And I talk about this in one of my YouTube videos. I went through stages of grief, Um, In my infertility journey in the beginning, I would say when I was still trying to like discover whether I could get pregnant or not before the IVF and all of that. I'm just like the family, the family member that hosts baby showers. You know, I, I hosted a lot of baby showers for my family members. It did not like bother me. I think it started to really bother me when my IVF started to fail. Um, I took a lot of breaks off social media. I would deactivate um, uh, my accounts for a couple of months um, just to get my to keep my mental state intact. Um, for baby, a lot of baby showers, I just didn't go. Um, what I would do is just send a gift. And just say I can't make it. Some, I, a lot of people didn't really know my journey. I didn't open up to a lot of people. Some folks I did, some folks I didn't. But um, yeah, I just didn't go. I, I felt like my mental health was what I needed to deal with, and I wasn't going to go anywhere that I had to be like sad um, or depressed when I left. Um, however, my my brother's wife. She had a baby in 2018. I think 18, right after I had a failed fertility cycle and my brother kind of knew it was rough for me and they were having a shower and my mom don't really drive long distance and he couldn't pick her up and they really wanted her to be there. And I, and they were kind of looking at me to bring her. And then they said, well, if you don't want to come, I understand, but I mustered up the strength. I was so proud of myself. I mustered up the strength and I took my parents and I was there and I was active. It did not make me sad. Like that was the first time that I had been to one in a very long time and I didn't leave as sad as I thought I would.
0: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. How did you cope with all the failed transfers before you got pregnant?
1: I would just, like I said, I'm a very religious person. I believe in like prayer and God and a higher power. And I just like, like I said, I would deactivate my accounts. I would start, I had created a prayer room in my home. Um, I would go in there. Sometimes I couldn't pray at all. I would just go in there and I would just cry and just like find scriptures in the Bible related to my condition and post them on my wall. And I mean, I just, I allowed myself to grieve. Uh, My husband was, Oh my gosh, he was a a rock for me. Um, My family was a rock for me. And I just, it was like, even though it was like a stab, eventually um, I would muster up the strength to try again so mm-hmm. i got through it just by friends fa- family prayer uh church just like my religious beliefs got me through it
0: mm-hmm. wonderful how did this journey affect your relationship with your husband
1: you I, you know what it's weird because it really didn't it didn't affect our marriage um mm-hmm. too bad it kind of brought us closer we vowed to each other that we would not allow infertility to take over our life. So every year we would fly out to a resort overseas. Um, we made sure that we celebrated every wedding anniversary. I was depressed because it reminded mm-hmm. me of another year. We were married for 16 years before we oh. had our first child because we married really young.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, yeah, so um, I would, every anniversary, I would feel sad and he could tell, and he was just like, nope, not today get up, we're gonna go have a good time. Um, My husband, I was worried about him throughout the journey because he did not show his emotions uh, a lot. And Mm -hmm. I knew that he had them, but he just would not Mm -hmm. show them in front of me. He was always so strong. And um, he thankfully found a friend of his who was married Him and his wife, the guy, his friend, his wife had went through infertility for a long time. So he told me that he was using that guy as an outlet to talk to. And so Mm -hmm. that was helpful for me. But it kind of just brought us closer together. We were determined that we were just going to fight through it together. And we just made sure we did things that made us happy. We took a lot of vacations. We just, you know, did a lot of things to bring joy into our marriage. And we didn't allow it to, like, overtake us. Mm -hmm. but I develop insecurities. You know, I would tell Mm -hmm. them all the time, you know, I'm your wife and you could just go lay up with any other woman and get her pregnant. And I can't give you that, you know, that just Mm -hmm. the insecurity of that would like eat me alive sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, we got through it. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yes, you did. That's great. How has this journey changed you?
1: I feel like, um, In while I was going through infertility, I could see that it could either make me bitter or better, and Mm -hmm. I had to choose which one I wanted to be. And I had my days where I was where I was very bitter, I was jealous, I was angry, and then I had to like snap out of those things and realize, although I did not have a child, I had so many other blessings. I had accomplished so much in my life. Um, I am just like an encourager. So many people look up to me. I'm always there to like help people. And I just had to realize that not not having a child did not define who I was as a person. Once I realized that, it just kind of like, I changed my view and my perspective. And I realized that I was going through this for a reason and that I would have a success story someday telling it on your podcast. And mm-hmm. sharing it with other women, you know, I just kind of had that tugged in my heart. But it could have turned me bitter. And I had my days where I was walking the mall and see women with babies and pregnant. And it would just take me there, you know. But like I said, mm-hmm. I just had to keep changing my perspective on what mm-hmm. I was dealing with. Because I, I was sitting, you know, you could, be, you could have cancer. You could be sick. You could, you know, I just thought about all the things that could be wrong. And it just gave mm-hmm. me a new perspective on life.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that bitter yeah. or better, yeah, I love it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are the top things that you do consistently for your health?
1: Well, I um in the process when I was going through infertility and found out that I had PCOS, I started to become like heavy into fitness and I changed my diet. Um, I really made like a lifestyle change. I like totally cut out certain foods, um, but I still I'm not like as perfect with that as I used to be, especially in quarantine. I'm struggling. But um, I do. uh, I started I got licensed to, to teach Zumba in the midst of it. And so I started teaching Zumba classes and going to the gym three or four times a week. And that helped with my mental state as well. Exercising was very helpful. Uh, I would always feel so much better um, after exercising. So, and, and for my, yeah, for my health, just basically my lifestyle change, making sure I'm eating healthy and exercising.
0: That is so good. And it definitely worked because now you have your baby.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What is What is your advice or message to women out there struggling with infertility?
1: My message to... Um, someone who is struggling with infertility. I mean, you would hear everybody tell you like, don't give up. Mm -hmm. And that's just the most thing I can say is like, don't give up. If it's something that you want, keep going after it. I also would like to tell them that it's okay to be jealous. It's okay to have all those feelings. Um, You need to make sure that your mental health is intact. I did not go and see a counselor or anything like that. But if that's the thing you do, you need to make sure that you're going and sitting down with someone and talking Um, you know, and just kind of in the midst of what you're going through, try your best to change your perspective and just think about, there's always someone worse off than you. You know, Mm -hmm. I went through, um, infertility for 10 years, as I said before, but in those 10 years, I did not suffer loss of children. Mm -hmm. And to me, like some of the women that I have talked to on my podcast who have lost babies at 20 weeks and things like, I can't fathom, you know, the pain. And so to me, if you haven't lost and you haven't been through things like that, you still have to be thankful in a sense. Like we Mm -hmm. all have something, if we dig down deep inside, we all have something to be like thankful for. So Mm -hmm. that's the only thing I can advise people is just don't give up, take care of your mental health. Um, Social media, get off of it if it's too much. You know, Mm -hmm. I deactivate accounts. I have my other, my personal pages are deactivated right now because it's just too much going on in the world. And I just refuse to keep scrolling and seeing so much stuff. And it's not good for my mental health. So I get off of it. And you Mm -hmm. don't have to attend baby showers. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Like your mental health is what you are responsible for.
0: Yes, that is great advice for anyone going through infertility how can people reach you? Like, what's your YouTube channel name and your Instagram handle, so people can okay? Follow so my
1: on? I have my my YouTube page is under my name Quashonda Everett, um, and my YouTube um is Journey to Mo- at Journey to Motherhood podcast. That is the podcast Instagram um account. You can also find my podcast on Spotify. Uh, if you want to like contact me outside of social media, my email address is q Everett Q-E-B-E-R-E-T-T-02 at Gmail.
0: Awesome. I'll have all of those in the show notes so anyone who wants to follow Kushanda can find it there. Thank you so, so much, Quashonda, for taking time to share your incredible journey of you Mm -hmm. and your miracle baby. That's wonderful.
1: Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. it. It feels weird being on the other end of the podcast, but it feels like a relief. I'm excited. It was fun.
0: How awesome was that? If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe, and I would love to receive a review from you. And let's keep this conversation going. What is your fertility journey like? How are you choosing to be compassionate with yourself? Subscribe to the Fertility Stories Podcast. I've got a new episode coming your way next week. And until then, talk soon.